Buck Banter with your host, Alpine ISD Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Reinhardt. Good morning, Alpine. This is Dr. Michelle Reinhardt, Superintendent of Schools here in Alpine ISD. Um, delighted to be back with you. How are you today, Martin? I am doing wonderful, Michelle. Thank you for coming in. On It's been a wet week. It has been a wet week, and it looks like we have another wet week ahead of us, which is great news for our area. Um, yeah, it has been a wet and humid week down here in Alpine. Um, happy to be here today. We're going to talk a number of things related to school finance, um, also attendance. We're getting excited about our first day of school, which is only just a few days away. Tuesday. Tuesday, August 23rd. So excited about that. And we'll talk a little bit about um meals and some other first day of school information, a lot of which we're releasing um, on our Facebook page and in other media as well. So just some high level stuff, but also some really important stuff from a budget and finance perspective for us to be aware of. So I'll start there. Um, so I wanted to share a little bit about some of the financial challenges that we face as a district. I wanted to start off by saying these are challenges, not crises. So we share this not to raise alarm, but really to raise awareness and to talk about where we're at as a district and what kind of financial challenges lie ahead of us and really what we can do about those. So to start us off, just as kind of an FYI, Alpine ISD has an annual budget of about $11 million. And with those funds, we provide education extracurriculars, meals, support services, and everything in between to a thousand kids and students across our community. Um, I want to share today just a few changes that have occurred both in legislation, um, other requirements that change our funding situation so people can kind of understand where we're at as a district and what that means for us as a community. So we may remember from the spring that uh, voters went to the polls about two property tax propositions. And one of those um, increased the homestead exemption from $25,000 to $40,000 for any um, homeowners who are al also have that homestead exemption on their property. So this kind of this was a tax a property tax relief initiative um, from the state, and that resulted in personally people's uh, ta property taxes will be lower for what they pay to the, the school district. The people saved money, but that took money out of the budget. It did. It absolutely did. And so kind of weighing those personal versus collective trade offs, if you will. So this particular proposition results in a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar loss to Alpine ISD for this current school year, and that amount changes over time um, as property values change as well, but just to kind of give people a heads up about what that has meant for the school district. Um, there's another area where we're seeing um, significant financial losses as well. So just kind of as an FYI, the school district currently loses about $650,000. So this is a, quite a significant sum out of $11 million budget due to um, discrepancies between our local county appraisal district um, property values and the state comptroller's values. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this. Um, there's a lot of intricacies to this, but try to summarize it at a high level about what this looks like. So basically, we have a local county appraisal district. They do an amazing job. Um, they appraise property values, and there's a, a collective property value amount, if you will, for all the property that falls within Alpine ISD. And so for reference, last year's local CAD value, all of the property in Alpine ISD was um, valued at about $670 million. So that's that collective property value number. But the state of Texas, the comptroller's office, also determines a number for all those properties, and their number was $770 million for that, those 
Fields, exact same properties, all within Alpine ISD's boundaries. And what the state of Texas wants is they want those two numbers to be within 5% of each other. And as you can see, right now they're not. There's a $100 million difference between those two numbers. And so what that means is that Alpine ISD and the Brewster CAD have failed the property value study for this past year. Um, and failed means that we weren't within that 5% margin. And historically, that has happened in Alpine for... I mean, I can't even get a number. I think maybe 20 plus years. Well, it's a hard thing to judge to begin with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another part on this is, again, our CAD does an amazing job of appraising each uh, property to uh, based on the information they have. But the state comptroller's office actually has information that our local CAD doesn't have. They have MLS information or actually what properties are selling for. And so that's one of the reasons you see that difference between those. So wh why does this matter? Like, isn't it actually good news that our local CAD values are lower than the state comptrollers? Doesn't that mean as a property owner um, in transition myself here buy, buying a property in Brewster County, doesn't that mean that I'm paying less property taxes than if it was appraised at a higher number? And that absolutely is true. But there's also a collective um, impact on this as well for the school district. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So for the district, what this, uh, what this ends up looking like is a $650,000 loss every year. And let me tell you why. What the state of Texas does is they look at that comptroller number and they say, okay, the property in Alpine ISD is worth $770 million. And so we're going to take the district's tax rate and assume that the district is getting that their taxable rate on that full $770 million. But that doesn't happen in actuality because we only actually get the funding off of that lower value or that 670. And they don't always collect the full amount either. Correct. Absolutely correct. And so what happens is in actuality, there's this gap where that there's $100 million in this case for last year's funding um, that we don't collect taxes on. And the state doesn't close that gap or make up that difference. Instead, they say that is a local issue. Y'all figured out locally and they don't send the extra money that the school is entitled to to educate kids. And so again, for our local numbers, that's a loss of about $650,000 a year. So what can we do about this? Um, and so this is something that we have worked with the CAD on. Again, the CAD is working to continue to bring um, our local property value appraisals in line with market values and with state values. Um, and then personally, on a personal level, everyone in the community, we can, we can continue to advocate for school funding reform so that there aren't these different um, loopholes or, um, or, or, I guess, parts of the system that unintentionally or perhaps intentionally penalize school systems and keep money from, from our public schools. So just wanted to share that because, again, that's another area that impacts us specifically in Alpine, also impacts some of our neighboring districts as well. Um, one more area to talk about in terms of school finance, and that this is kind of a two-year-out heads-up. And I mean, I'm excited for Tuesday. Like, who's got time to think about two years from now when we're trying to open school? But y'all, one of the things we have to do is do great work day to day and also have a long-term vision for how things are going to unfold. So I want to tell you about something that's going to happen, not this year, not next year, but the year afterwards in terms of our funding here in Alpine ISD. There is something called the Formula Transition Grant, and this is part of the state's um, funding formula when they changed school funding two years ago. And the idea was they were going to add in this temporary temporary grant to help alleviate um, funding shortages that certain districts faced. So when they changed the state funding formula in, two, in 2019, some districts, like Alpine, 
actually didn't get as much money as we would have um, with the new funding formula. So they put in this temporary grant to kind of ease that transition. The bad news is it's temporary. And so um, after 2022-2023, so in two school years, we'll lose an additional $750,000 ouch. ouch, out of $11 million budget. So that is a point when we're foreseeing like the potential for a significant fiscal crisis. Again, two years out, that is a possibility. And so, again, we just want to be having these conversations and thinking about how do the decisions that are made in the state legislature, convenes again starting in January, how do they impact our local schools and what can we do about that? To wrap up this section, I want to share some good news as well. Again, these are financial challenges, not a financial crisis. We have a very healthy fund balance here in Alpine ISD. This is our district savings account, if you will, and it currently sits at $9.5 million. And that is thanks to the financial stewardship of our school board and previous superintendents who have built up that healthy balance um, for the district over time. One last thing I just wanted to share that these financial challenges I'm talking about are completely separate from the new high school. Some, some, some people have said, well, is this because we're building a brand new school? And it really isn't. Texas Finance separates for school, for public schools, separates our day-to-day um, -day operations and our bonds, which we use to build a new school. So these are completely separate accounts that we're talking about, but wanted to kind of give people an overview of where we're at as a district, what challenges we face, and what we can do about them. Okay. Well, attendance then. Let's talk about that. Okay. So attendance, two kind of aspects to this. Attendance also ties to school funding we were just talking about, but it also ties to kids being in class for the amazing learning experiences we have planned for them starting on Tuesday. So let's talk about attendance. Y'all, it is so important that every student in Alpine ISD from pre-K three-year-olds all the way through 12th grade are at school every day. And so a personal goal you should have for your children is 100% attendance. Now, y'all, that is hard to do, but as close as you can get to 100% attendance, that makes a huge difference for our kids. In we, terms get, we basically get paid per child per we do. And people may or may not know that, that we actually get paid and or have to send money back to the state if our certain if our attendance isn't at a certain percentage. So think about this as a parent through two lenses. First, instruction. Every day that your kids are at school means that they are having incredible learning experiences that we cannot replicate if they're not there. Also think about it through a financial lens. So for example, at the school district, um, pre-COVID, our attendance rate was around 98%. We have high expectations in terms of attendance, both um, as a school district and as a community. But during COVID, our attendance dropped down to about 91 to 92%. That makes total sense. People had to quarantine. Um, there were a lot of state restrictions and federal restrictions about how often, how long you had to stay out. There was just, um, it was just harder to be at school. We're kids hoping, got COVID. Kids got COVID. Families got COVID. There was a lot to do, a lot to do there. So we're hoping we turn the corner on that. Not to say that COVID isn't here. We know there are still cases. We know there are times when we still have to stay home, but we're not expecting the same kind of degree as we've as we've worked through the last two years. Now, of course, you, we expect the parents to keep the children home if they're sick. Mm -hmm. However, if they just 
they they feel like they they just don't really want to go to school and they they're saying ah you know maybe I don't feel a little good. If they're not sick, you got to kind of convince them that Come on. Hey, it's worth <laughs> it's worthwhile going for many reasons. Exactly right, and we will be glad to partner with you on that. If there's anything we can help address with that, reach out to your school, your campus principal, etc. Um, happy to to help in that area as well. A couple things to know here. So when we're talking about like how much does this matter, right? So does it really matter if as a district we're at 98% attendance or 96% attendance? Let me give you some numbers. Every 1% decrease in attendance costs the district $100,000 from our budgets. And that again is money we have to send back to the state that they would then send to other districts instead. You know, it's a big difference between two, uh, during our best times with 98%, that's still 200,000 going back. And like, now did the, the state punish us during COVID times? Good question. So there were certain, um, oh, I can't think of the word right now. It'll come to me in a minute. But there were certain um, allowances that were made that funded us at pre-COVID levels, but only for certain periods of time. So it wasn't, uh, we didn't get all the exact same funding as we would have being back at 98%. So again, our goal for the year is 98%. And we can only do that if we all do that together. So it starts with a strong first day on Tuesday, August 23rd, um, and then strong, strong habits after that. Let me share one other thing that so parents you might be wondering like, well, wh- what do I do about appointments or things that we have to do? Or if we're going out of town, what does that look like? couple things to know. 9.30 a.m. is one of the most important parts of the day in terms of funding. 9.30 a.m. is when is our daily attendance time. That's when we officially take attendance for the state and for funding purposes. So think about that when you're scheduling appointments. For sure. Like if they have a doctor's appointment, make it in the afternoon. Kid goes to school in the morning, gets out after lunch or whatever. Exactly right. Making it for a morning appointment. Exactly right. That's a great solution to that. And also, when you go to a doctor's appointment, make sure you're bringing a doctor's note back to school so that that can be an excused absence as well. Um, So, let's talk about the first day of school. It is almost here. They're chopping at the bit. Oh, my goodness. We had the um, Alpine Middle School open house last night. And, Martin, it was incredible. We had so many people. The gym was completely full. We had maybe twice as many people as we expected, which is such a wonderful surprise. So many parents and students coming out to meet their teachers, get their schedules, get excited about the new school year. We have Alpine Elementaries doing their Meet the Teacher on Monday night at 530 at AES. So we'll see you there. Um, And then... And the high school, all three campuses will open Tuesday morning. High school, we won't have an open house before the first day of school, but we'll have one in a few weeks. Okay. So a couple other things we're getting questions about, understandably, meals. So meals are different this year than they've been in the past two years. And I wanted to share a little information about why. So during the past two years, we've had federal assistance that has provided free um, breakfast and lunch to all students. And that was due to the COVID pandemic and federal government assistance that was coming in to, to pay for those. However, that program has been discontinued. And so now we're moving back to kind of what we did pre-COVID in terms of meals. And so wanted to give everyone an update on how that works. So you'll see us sharing information on our social media pages, also on our website. Martin, I think y'all are sharing some of this information on the radio as well about um, our meal prices for this year. So we have um, 
three options still. Depending on income level in your family, you can still qualify for completely free breakfast or lunch. You can qualify for reduced breakfast and lunch, and those prices range from 30 cents to about 40 cents per meal. Or you can qualify or not qualify for those and end up paying full price for a meals, which range from about $1.75 to $3 a meal. Which is still quite a bargain. Quite a bargain. So um, th- that just gives you kind of a feel for what the different prices are. But y'all, those reduced prices, that's about a 90% savings off that full price. And so I encourage every family to complete the free and reduced price lunch application. Um, it's on a program called Meal App Now. You'll find this information on our website. We're also posting about it on social media again today. You got it during school registration. Go ahead and fill that out and apply because you might be surprised that you qualify for a reduced price lunch. For example, a family of four can make up to $51,000 a year and still qualify for a reduced price lunch. And that saves a ton of money. That adds up quickly over time. And the school gets reimbursed the difference from the from the federal government for that. Correct. So that is not a loss to us. And in fact, this is another area where we have that kind of personal versus collective um, impact here. So personally, you may be like, well, what does it matter if I fill out that form? Or, you know what, I'm going to pack my kids lunch. I'm not going to have them eat at school. So why would I need to fill that out? What people may not know is that those individual applications for free and reduced price lunch, we get a collective percentage as a district. And I don't mean money coming back. I mean, we get a number that says, okay, um, 60% of our students qualify for either a free or reduced price lunch. That total percentage factors into how much funding we get as a school district. It factors into our accountability system. It factors into what grants we could qualify for. So even if you don't plan on your student eating in our cafeterias, which we would love for all students to be able to do that, we still encourage you to fill out that free and reduced price lunch application because we need that information as a district as well. Now, uh, I did notice breakfast is still free. No, good question. The breakfast price, I brought that over as well. Let me flip to that. Breakfast price ranges from 30 cents for the reduced price. It is free depending on if if your family qualifies oh. or reduced price is 30 cents or full price is $1.75. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. About no, that. no problem. Um, and if you have any questions about this, we have lots of people happy to help you. You can call Courtney Cobb, who is our nutrition director. She is stationed at Alpine High School. You can call her at 432-837-7710. And you can also contact our attendance clerk if you need some information about registering for, um, or putting money on your kid's meal account. That's one other thing I wanted to share with you. I'm doing this myself as a parent this weekend. So, You also say you're like, okay, I want my kids to eat at the cafeteria. I'm like, yes, I do not want to prep those meals. And I know our cafeteria does a great job. So you can prepay for your kids' meals on the Lunch Money Now app. Again, we'll share information on our Facebook page and on our website about how to do that. Okay. And for the parents out there, the first day of school, they're going to be fixing up over at the high school for lunch, corn dog, French fries, fresh tomato cup. Mm. And oh, for breakfast, it's going to be French toast with sausage. So looking good. And that's the, uh, and over at the uh, kindergarten, through tw- it'll be a Dutch waffle with sausage for I breakfast. I love it. Two different breakfasts. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, we're excited about that first day of school. Y'all can watch our um, social media on our website later today. We're going to be doing some live videos at each of our three campuses, sharing information about, okay, how does the drop-off work and what time does school start and just all those back-to-school questions that we're now starting to wonder about as we're four days out. So we'll be sharing all that information. And again, we're just so, so, so excited for Tuesday, August 23rd, our first day back on each campus. And we're just so pumped for an incredible school year with our kids. I know that everyone is very excited. Now, we also have a uh, football scrimmage this this evening. Yes, sir. And that's going to be over in Pecos. Oh, it's going to be at the Crockett Middle School. In Pecos. The high, in mm-hmm. Pecos, because the, yes, uh, the high school is under construction, the field. Is that right or something? Yes, sir. They're fixing up their stadium, and it's not quite ready yet. So it's going to be at the middle school in Pecos today. Okay, so that'll be 6 o'clock for the JV, 7 o'clock for the varsity. And uh, I know while I've got you here, I know sure. people have been asking me, and let's just get the, get the information out. Uh, people are really concerned with the rain, that there was possible damage at the high school. What exactly ha- happened and what, what tell the folks out there? Sure. Yeah. Happy to give an update on this as well. So on Tuesday, as y'all know, we had significant rainfall here in Alpine. Over three inches. Over three inches. Terrell County, I think, had five or six. Just wild amount of rain, which happens here from time to time. Not very often, but time to time we get that much rain in just a few hours. So we had two areas of concern at Alpine High School, the new build. One was we had some temporary flashing on part of the admin wing fail. And so we had water entering in specifically to the new teacher's lounge and then to one or two offices there. So that has been remediated, that uh, that roof has been fixed, and then also that area has been dried out and they're working on site to, to determine which parts of sheetrock or drywall or cabinetry might need to be replaced. So that is all being addressed right now. The other area, what happened was in the, what will be the courtyard, what used to be the old high school, if you will, kind of sits in the courtyard of the new school. So the new school is kind of built around that. Sort of a bowl. Yeah, Yeah. kind of a U-shaped bowl, if you will. Well, what happened was we got so much water in such a short amount of time that we had six inches of water build up there. And the, the new doors still sit four inches above that courtyard. But that water, when it hit that six inch mark, it was building up on the doors. And then the doors, I hate to say the doors failed but it was just so much pressure on those doors. The water had nowhere to go but into the building. And so we had water coming in those doors from the courtyard, got that main hallway, which is uh, which is a concrete hallway, wet, and then spread into certain classrooms. I think we had maybe seven or eight classrooms that had wet carpet um, and pot- some potential for wet uh, walls kind of at that carpet level and a little bit up the walls. So since Tuesday... I mean, when that happened Tuesday morning, it was all hands on deck, get the water out as quickly as possible. That water was out by about lunchtime. And then uh, we had remediation crews on site drying everything out. And those crews are still on site and they're going to give us a full report in terms of the status of the walls and if any walls need to be replaced. Um, We don't, we're not anticipating that yet. Um, So far, everything's drying out really, I say really well. Also, y'all, it's still so humid here. And so there's a bit of trade-offs in terms of we'd love our desert weather to come back to help dry things out quicker but uh we'll get an update today from from that crew but we're still as of right now we are still on track for opening on tuesday morning well we were very fortunate that this happened this week instead of a week from now so true so uh and and as we talked about off the air uh the contractors are still on the job site they're able to get the stuff repaired and it's on them, not on us. So yeah. it's, uh, I mean, this is the right time. Again, there, there's never a good there's time for this to happen. Never a good time for things like that, right. but if it's got to happen. Now's the time, and we can get it all fixed up instead of this happening two weeks from now when we have kids in the building. So, um, again, still on track, uh, hopeful, 
yeah, just hopeful and so excited for that first day of school. Well, I know you're excited. I know the kids are excited and uh, the parents and everyone else. And we're all hoping for 2022-2023 school year to be the best year ever. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Michelle, I want to thank you for coming in. You have been listening to Buck Banter with the Alpine ISD Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Reinhart. You can hear that every other week right here on KVLF 905 on Fridays. Let's have a great school year, Bucks. Go Bucks. This Saturday, come to the grand opening at Chica 